0: Hey guys, what's going on? Welcome to another edition of the Sam Bicel Podcast on the Ambiguous Network. And right now, I'm going to be bringing you the latest and greatest going on around the world of Hollywood. Hope everyone had a wonderful New Year's Eve, a wonderful New Year's Day as we kick off 2020. It's finally here, a brand new year, a brand new decade, and we're going to start off the right way. I'm going to be bringing you the preview of the weekend ahead. Not a whole lot as we begin the first weekend of the new year, but I'm also going to be explaining and previewing the month of january we got a few big films that are coming out will they make a den in the box office and kick off the new year right we'll just have to see and find out but i'll be talking about those and a few more things that happened yesterday but the first thing i want to get into is the biggest story to come out to kick off the new year and that is the first full trailer for one of this year's most anticipated films a quiet place part two written directed once again by dron krasinski he's not starring in this film because of the fate of his character from the first film a film that was a huge critical success and a huge mega million dollar film that grossed over a hundred million dollars at the box office around two to three hundred million dollars at the worldwide box office nobody saw this film coming it was one of my personal favorites when it came out in 2018 it was one of my favorite one of critics favorites as well it was a film that surprised a lot of people going into 2018 and now it seems it's going to be kicking off a franchise and i think one of the when you always have a sequel to a film that might just appear as a one-off you always wonder what can you do to not retread things that happened in the first film to make things fresh and exciting and new. And I think when you have a film like A Quiet Place that really focuses in on what made it such a success in terms of critically was because of this new world that was established, a different kind of post-apocalyptic feel where the horrors are in making sounds in which the whole entire film there's only there's no human dialogue that's happening it's all different other sounds that are happening and a bunch of it is in silence and not making a peep and i think having that kind of different suspense was what it was exhilarating about this film and then you have also introducing this new world and introducing this family that you get to know and the tragedies that they go through as they're trying to survive this world and really just kind of focusing on that on that family and then when you get into sequels it's about expanding this world expanding this mythology and evolving these characters going forward and you have emily blunt coming back along with the two kids noah jupe and melissa simmons you also have new characters coming in in the form of Cillian murphy and jiman hansu and I think in this trailer, we don't get a lot of information about these new characters, but I think what this trailer did really, really well was the fact that the first half of it is detailing the first day of this apocalypse that happens in which pandemoniums going on. And then I guess hopefully we get to figure out why how everyone got to be so quiet and how they were able to evolve into not making any sounds and putting this dirt on the ground that didn't make any peeps when they were walking across on their bare feet. And I think that part of it is going to be really interesting. And having that in the trailer gets people, I think, interested in saying, oh, we're going to go back and expand on this world that we're in while also telling the story of this family going forward in which it's not just about this limited look at this family we expand the world we introduce new characters and seeing celine murphy's character we're going to be introduced to people that maybe aren't on the good side maybe they introduce a lot of walking dead mechanic that is in a lot of post-apocalyptic television shows and movies in the fact that potentially people are both good and bad maybe there's some people that just are so mixed up in this world that their ideologies change And they say in the trailer, Cilla Murphy's character, in which not everyone in this world is worth saving, and I think for someone like Emily Blunt's character, we're going to learn more about her evolution as a character, in which maybe she doesn't save everybody, but she looks out for her family, but maybe she starts that way and then evolves into helping other people that deserve to be helped. So I think it's really what John Krasinski is able to do as a director now and as a writer, I think is going to be very interesting. We know what he can do behind the scenes as a director, but I think the next challenge for him is evolving this world and asking, asking us and telling us why we need to see more films like this, not just because it made a boatload of money and surprised a lot of people. So I think they're on the right track with this. I'm really excited. It's one of my most anticipated films to come out this year. I'm so excited about it. And this trailer amped up my expectations for this movie of how good it can actually be. And maybe not even top. It doesn't and that's the thing with sequels, too, is a lot of people always expect it to top the first one. And um, a lot of times you want that to happen. But at the same time, you don't want it to be a, a, a step down, a ped down. You want it to be at least on that same level or just a little bit better than that first film. Because I don't think anything can take away from the surprise of that first film. In which it blew everybody away, the kind of mechanics that they incorporated into that film was such a surprise and such a thrill. And it, this is still a horror movie, but... It's it's a, a horror thriller mixed with a, a family drama and I and that's what you want in a horror film too. You don't just want the scares and the throws. You want the emotion involved in there as well. And I think a Quiet Place is franchise that it now is, is going to explore it just that. And a Quiet Place part two comes out on March twentieth. This year, guys, are you excited about A Quiet Place Part 2? What did you think of this first trailer for it? Did it get you more excited, less, at least um, less excited, or just in that middle ground that you were in before seeing this trailer? Let me know what you think down below in the comment section and leave your thoughts. Another big news story that came out yesterday was in the form of a little television spot that came out in which. All the companies are now starting to come out with their what's coming out in 2020 and previewing a lot of things that are happening and with disney disney plus specifically they decided to come out with a bunch of the new projects that they are going to be upcoming with you have the new Liz mcguire show you have the first marvel show that's coming out with the falcon and the winter soldier mandalorian season two the final season of star wars the clone wars a whole bunch of stuff is coming out for disney plus but one surprise that actually happened yesterday in which people were wondering, is is it a typo or not? Is it something that was accidental and it was supposed to come out as it was supposed to come out in 2021? But then Disney Plus made it official yesterday that WandaVision will be coming out on 2020 this year instead of coming out next year in 2021 when it was originally supposed to, making it official that this... Disney Plus series that is starring Elizabeth Olsen and Paul Bettany once again as Wanda Maximoff, Scarlet Witch, and The Vision will be making its way in 2020. No specific release date has been set yet, whether it be in the the fall time, winter time, there hasn't been a specific release date for that just yet. And I think what's interesting about this is, A, it was a total surprise. Nobody saw this coming. Again, people probably thought that this was a typo at first before Disney Plus came out on Twitter and said that WandaVision is officially made for 2020, and that it was supposed to be the one of the first Disney Plus shows to come out. The first one is supposed to be Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which is still set to come out this year, and potentially still will probably be the first film or first television show to come out this year. This year and for Marvel Studios, as they try to go to their films and go to their television shows as well. And what's interesting about WandaVision is it was supposed to come out in spring 2021 and it was supposed to weave in. These shows are going to be weaving in and out of the movies and really be incorporated into the MCU. They're going to be under Kevin Feige stewardship, they're going to be a part of Marvel Studios. The Marvel television division is being sucked into the MCU and won't be its own branch as it has been in the last few years with Age of the Shield coming to an end this year with a lot all the Netflix shows now being canceled with Daredevil, Jessica Jones. The Runaways has finished up. Colgan Dagger has been canceled. Everything is now going under the stewardship of Kevin Feige as he's now taking over entirely the creative control of marvel between the television shows movies comics everything well it seems like will be incorporated into the mcu going forward and falcon and the Winter soldier wandavision are just starting that but the importance of wandavision is the fact that in 2021 it was going to be the key component that was going to weave into the new doctor strange film that's coming out next year doctor strange into the multiverse of madness and it was going to have Elizabeth Olsen star in the new Doctor Strange movie. The Loki television show was going to connect with it as well. And so there were, there was so much stuff that's happening in 2021, and there still is. But the fact that we have WandaVision coming out in 2020 suggests, A, they're farther along in production than they thought they probably would be. And that they can release Falcon and the Winter Soldier and WandaVision. And they have confidence enough in these Reprising characters that we know in the MCU that we can get started with these Disney Plus shows with characters that we know before getting into shows such as Moon Knight, She-Hulk, Miss Marvel, the characters that we don't know. Incorporate them into 2021 and into the future. But we start out with these core characters that we know, with these storylines that we know from previous MCU films, such as Avengers Infinity War, Avengers Endgame, going forward from those movies. And I think weaving them in and out is going to be very interesting. And I think they know what they're doing. Again, Kevin Feige, Marvel Studios, I trust in what they're doing. And so I think this is very interesting going forward. It shows that they have confidence in this show. And that they're farther along production than they thought and that they think Falcon and the Winter Soldier is going to be a huge success and that they'll be able to kick things off with that show and then go right into WandaVision, whether it's chronological or not, When wherever they're going to end up, it seems like they have confidence enough to put these characters out there and show us something new and different that can weave in and out of the MCU, and I am all for that going forward. Guys, what do you think about this move that WandaVision is being moved up to 2020 instead of being pushed back to 2021 in its original release date? Let me know what you think down below in the comment section and leave your thoughts. Now moving on to some box office news real quick. Regarding Disney, and this will be the last time that I talk about Disney and their incredible dominance in 2019, Unless we talk about the weekend box office in which Skywalker is dominating right now. But nonetheless, right now, there's still some seep over from 2019 into the new year regarding the box office. And that is with 4V Ferrari and Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker. 4V Ferrari, before the new year dawned, crossed the $200 million mark worldwide, which is big news for Disney and 20th Century Fox as they are now under the stewardship of the Mouse House. In, which, uh, in 2019, a lot of the movies that came out under Fox during Disney's tenure didn't really do well, both critically and financially. You have Dark Phoenix, you have Stuber, you have The Art of Racing in the Rain. A lot of those movies that came out, they didn't really do a lot. Ad Astro was another one as well, even though that was a huge success critically. Financially, it didn't really recuperate the box office that was needed. With Ford v. Ferrari, they got two birds in one stone in which it kicked off a great successful campaign for both the award season and the critical success that it has been having so far also the fact that financially the film is going through a period of time in which people are going out to see it and when it came out on november 22nd it made so it made up money that it needed to make at the box office which exceeded its expectations before thanksgiving day weekend in which It really solidified the fact that Disney, that there are some shining spotlights within 20th Century Fox under Disney right now, and that just Disney, going forward, these are the kinds of movies that people are looking for, and that's what Disney can hone in on when they're looking at 20th Century Fox going forward. And the fact that it needed over $200 million to recuperate a positive success financially for this movie goes a long way in showing how much staying power this film has had over the over the last two months really since it came out on November 22nd so I'm excited to see that 4 v Ferrari is able to eclipse one of the marks that it needed to set and hopefully can get to that 50 million dollars that it needs to make in order to to really get into the black on being a huge success for 20th Century Fox under Disney and then the other big one is that the rise of Skywalker continues to dominate the box office grossing 400 million dollars domestically, 17.2 million dollars on New Year's Day. Unfortunately, it doesn't seem like it's going to overtake the last Jedi at the box office, but this is a film that it's not going to have the big success I think a lot of people were thinking it was going to have, maybe grossing over 200 billion dollars at the box office. It's still it's around 800 million dollars worldwide and it seems like it is without a doubt going to cross that billion dollar threshold. But the, the 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 question becomes, does it gross a billion and a half at the box office? Does it get within the top three, top five at the worldwide box office of 2019? And I think that's the indicator going forward about the big success mark. Again, the rise of Skywalker is already a big success, but the fact that there was a lot of expectations going forward with Star Wars and the Rise of Skywalker. I think Disney is looking to see how much it makes crossing that billion dollar threshold. Guys, what do you think about the box office going into New Year's? Let me know what you think down below in the comment section and leave your thoughts. Now, moving on to the weekend preview. Again, like I said at the top of the show, not a big weekend in terms of a lot of films coming out during the New Year. Usually, the first weekend or so, there's not a lot going on. Usually, it's it's more about the films that have come out beforehand. For the holiday box office, you still have Jumanji, The Next Level. You still have Little Women. You still have Uncut Gems. You still have Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker, Frozen 2, a plethora of movies to go see at the, at, in the theaters. And studios are just really taking the time off in the new year and gearing towards that second half of January, which we'll get into in a little bit. But the film that is... The big one for this weekend is The Grudge, directed by Nicholas Pesci, and it stars Damien Prashear, John Cho, and Betty Gillim- Gillimbin. And this is a movie that has been remade a bunch of times in the last few years, even even throughout the years. It's being produced by Screen Gems, and it, it's a reboot of the 2004 remake of the Japanese horror film, Jawan The Grudge. And it's, it's a film that, it's 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 one of those horror films that usually come out comes out in the new year that a lot of studios put out just to really put out there january there used to be multiple months within the year where you could say that's really a dumping ground for films usually september and when we ended the summer movie season into september that was really looked at as a dumping ground and sometimes it still is in the be in the up until a few years ago really january february and even a little bit into march were considered dumping grounds but the last few years february has made up for it and so has march into april and into the summer movie season of may june july and august really the only the only dumping ground month that really remains right now is january and sometimes you get one or two great films that come out in january that can make a dent in the box office but in that first, usually that first weekend of the new year, nothing really comes out that surprises a lot of people. And I don't think The Grudge is going to be one of those movies. I haven't seen it yet. But if you're a horror person looking for a scary time at the movies, this could be one that you want to go see. But I wouldn't recommend going to see it when there's a bunch of other movies coming out this weekend. But that's the big movie that's coming out this weekend, The Grudge, directed by Nicholas Pesci and starring John Cho, Betty Gipplin, and Damian Bashir. Are you guys interested in seeing this movie? Let me know anything down below in the comment section and leave your thoughts. Now, the last thing I want to get into for today is going into the January preview of things. Again, talking about the month of January, not a lot of big films that usually come out that make a dent, but in the back half of January, there's one or two movies like last year. There was a Glass that came out, the M. Night Shyamalan film. This year, there are a few movies that could pique a lot of people's eyes, so going down the list, I'm going to start with the next week that's coming out with Underwater, directed by William Eubank, starring Kristen Stewart, Vincent Cassell, Jessica Henwick, John Gallagher Jr., and T.J. Miller. This is a movie that is on from 20th Century Fox that's now part of Disney. It's got that alien type of vibe, but instead of it being in space, it's Under the Sea, Underwater, henceforth. The title, I'm, I'm excited. I'm not into really a whole lot of horror mystery films, but I think with this one, I'm a fan of Kristen Stewart. I like what she's done over the last few years. Even last year with Charlie's Angels, which was, to me was a surprise film that was a lot of fun, and one of the reasons for the fun aspect of Charlie's Angels was the performance of Kristen Stewart. Then I think seeing her in this kick butt type of role is really interesting. To see her go back into big blockbuster films is exciting. And this is a film that was a few years in the making, so I think they're just looking to put this film out here and see the kind of money that it can make. So I don't think there's going to be a huge dent in Underwater, but I mean, I could be wrong for all I know. Maybe people want to go see this film, but there's another film that's coming out that I think people will be looking at, and it's Like a Boss. It's directed by Miguel Atrella, starring Tiffany Haddish, Rose Byrne, Salma Hayek, and Billy Porter. It's a, it's a film that I've seen the same trailer for over and over again, and I'm a fan of Tiffany Haddish. I'm a fan of Rose Byrne. This is a film to me that I think definitely could be a ladies' night out, but there were a few laughs in there. But overall, I think this is another dump for the month of January in which it could appeal just because of the star power of fun ladies' night. But I don't think there's going to be anything else weighted to this movie. Again, I could be wrong for all I know, but... I don't see anything big appealing other than you get Tiffany Haddish in her, in her crazy character role, Rose Byrne playing the more reserved character to Tiffany Haddish's friend. Then you get Salma Hayek playing the villain in this one. But there's nothing else that's appealing to me other than maybe a few jokes that I found humorous within the trailer itself. But it could be one that could be a semi-success during the month of January. Then we get into the big weekend of January, and that is with the two most anticipated films, at least from what I've been hearing in the month of January. And that the first one is Doolittle, directed by Stephen Gagan of the Shawshank Redemption lore, then starring Robert Downey Jr., who is a superstar right nowadays after appearing in the MCU, Antonio Banderas, Michael Sheen, Emma Thompson, Rami Malek, John Cena, Kumail Nanjiani, Octavia Spencer, Tom Holland, Craig Robinson, Ralph Fine, Selena Gomez, and Marion Cotillard. This is a... though That cast, you're not going to see the cast in its live action, but they will be playing animals in Doolittle. It takes inspiration from the voyages of Dr. Doolittle, and if when you think of Dr. Doolittle, people might think of Eddie Murphy's Dr. Doolittle. It is not that whatsoever. It's more of, of an adventure swashbuckling. Think of it as Sherlock Holmes, but he can talk to animals this time. That's really what this movie reminds me of. This has the potential, I think, to surprise a lot of people. I think being a kid adventure film like this, I think it's all going to depend on the script—it's going to depend on the the visuals of these animals, and if you believe in him, them talking to Robert Downey Jr. I like Downey Jr. in this role. It, again, I said it reminds me of Sherlock Holmes for kids, and because it seems like he's playing that type of Sherlock Holmes role, but he's talking to animals. But I think if J- Downey Jr. can bring that charisma to this movie, then I will be all in for it. it. This is one that has been in production for quite a while, has had multiple delays. I think they're just Universals looking to just get it out there and see what it can do. But I trust in Downey Jr., I trust in a director like Steven Gagan. So we'll see what this movie can potentially do and if it can if it can surprise a lot of people. And then we have Bad Boys for Life. Directed by Adil El, Arby, and Bilal Falal. It is stars, once again, stars Will Smith, Martin Lawrence, and it also has Vanessa Hutchins, Alexander Ludwig. This is a movie that, that it could be bad, but it's bad that it's good. And the trailers to me, I'm a fan of the first two Bad Boys movies. They were directed by Michael Bay and i have to tell you with I, I love the chemistry between will smith and martin lawrence they're 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 just they're they're murdoch and and briggs to me in that kind of aspect and i love buddy cop films i love when it just goes all out crazy and i think that's what this movie does and i think i'm not looking for it to be a masterpiece i'm just looking to go in and have a fun time i like the trailers that have come out with it so far because i know what i'm going into I hope that I know what I'm going into, is that I'm just looking for a bonkers time at the movies, great chemistry and great laughs between Will Smith and Martin Lawrence, it just looks like a bang up time at the movies, and the the trailers to me, it it captures that magic again from the first two movies with Will Smith and Martin Lawrence, it reminds me of how much that I I enjoy those two on screen together, and this might be the last time that we get the two of them on screen together in a film like this, so... I'm going to take with it what I get and enjoy it for what it is. I this I might come out of it and say it's one of those movies that it's not good, but at the same time, I just had a bonkers time with it and I enjoyed it. I, I'm hoping that I go in with that and I come out with, with feeling satisfied in that aspect. Then going on to the last few weeks of January, there's a new Guy Ritchie film coming out, The Gentleman, starring Matthew McConaughey, Charlie Hunnam, Henry Golding, Michelle Dockery from Downton Abbey, Eddie Mason, Colin Farrell, and Hugh Grant is in this one as well. This is a film that—it's Guy Ritchie. This is a a Guy Ritchie original that has his witty humor in there and witty action and could just be another fun time at the movies. It could be something that just blows everyone out of the water because sometimes Guy Ritchie could do that every so often. But if if it's just a nice film that I think I can come out and enjoy, nice mob film, I'm all for that. I love the cast. I love the the craziness that comes with this cast. And 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 if they, if you get this kind of cast behind you, I'm in for the gentleman. Then the last week of January has a mixture of action and a folktale horror film, and that is the Rhythm section. That is directed by Marie Morano, and it is stars Blake Lively, Jude Law, and Sterling K. Brown. It reminds me of a very more nuanced, grounded, gritty Lucy that was starred Scarlett Johansson and was directed by Luke Besson. This, this, to me, is one where it's a revenge flick with Blake Lively, and, and I'm all for that kind of stuff. I, I eat it up. I eat a lot of these movies up, but for me, if, if it seems like it could be somebody's cup of tea, but at the same time... It might just be one of those confusing, Blake Lively kicks a lot of butt kind of films that you could be interested in or you might not be interested in. I I think this is one that could showcase Blake Lively in something different, but it could be one of those things where it was a little too cheesy and the story wasn't right. So it has a shot to be 50-50, as a lot of these movies do in January, and I think that's where – January has potential to either be a dumping ground or give you one of those 50-50 movies that you might come out and really enjoying. And the same thing could be said for Gretel and Hansel, directed by Oz Perkins and starring Sophie Lillis from the It franchise in, of last year and of 2017. And this is a film that I think gets people back into the horror mood. There's not a lot of horror movies coming out this month besides Underwater and The Grudge, which is coming out this weekend. So that might appeal to a lot of people as the first month of the new year closes out going into the next few months going forward. But guys, that's it for the month of january of the new year are there any movies here that excite you are there any movies that i didn't mention that you were excited about let me know what you think down below in the comment section and leave your thoughts and guys that's gonna be it for this edition of the San podcast thank you so much for tuning in be sure to check out my channel for more content you can check me out on spotify apple podcast stitcher radio public soundcloud and so much more also make sure to tune in onto the ambiguous network and be sure to check out the other amazing shows that are on here such as you mad bro the number one source to see what the internet is pissed off about on a weekly basis and check out goal-driven professionals geared toward improving client relations, return on investment, and customer acquisition costs for independent businesses and services. You can check them out on their website, AmbiguousProduction.com, also on Facebook and Twitter, at RealAmbiguous. And if you want to check out Canopy Treehouse, use the coupon code AMBIGUOUS. Also, make sure to follow me on social media, on Twitter, at Bissell Samuel. that's B-U-S-S-S-E-L-L-S-A-M-U-E-L, and on Facebook, at Sam Bissell. Guys, thank you again so much for tuning in, and until tomorrow... Keep on screening.